0: Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, dogs and cats, animals everywhere, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I am your host, with the most, Troy McCubbin. This is episode 99V, V for Victor, V for... (laughs) I'm not going to say it, but we're all thinking it. But anyway, uh, that's where we're at, and um, this is going to be a great episode. This is a good episode because... Bruce has got the guitar in his hands, and he's dealing with a question that uh, a a fan listener, guitar wank listener, sent us, and uh, he's going over why you should know these 10 jazz tunes, and he goes into great detail, and it's awesome. It's a really great episode, so I know you're going to love it, Um, and we're full-on teaching. Well, Bruce is teaching. I'm just sitting there like a... Stale bottle of piss Watching him and taking it all in So uh, this is a great great episode I know you're going to enjoy it uh, Before I forget Tomorrow night uh, Bruce is in New York At Mesro I believe it's in the village right Bruce is playing with Hillary Gardner Not Hillary Clinton Don't get confused He's not doing anything with Hillary Clinton He's playing with Hillary Gardner And she looks like a bit of a babe uh, and apparently she's got a great voice. It's a killer gig. And um, they're playing at 8 o'clock and 9.30pm. It's at 163 West 10th Street. 163 West 10th Street. And it's called Mesro. M-E-Z-Z-R-O-W. Just for all those people who want to get. go. If you're in New York, go check him out there. And also check him out Thursday, which is a big one. Big one for Bruce. Brucey baby. Bruce Foreman Trio playing at Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola in New York. I don't have the address for that. But you should know where it is. It's on our page. Do I have the address? It's 7.30. It's Thursday. This Thursday, 730 and uh, I believe at 11.30 at Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola. So um, try and make it to one of those gigs. Go see Bruce. He would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, be really great. Um, I think that's it. Go to mymusicmasterclass.com. Wankfest is the code name to get a discount. Use that. Go to gmail, um, guitarwank at Gmail. to send us emails, questions, queries or do the competition which you need to do we're going to start drawing prizes very soon Uh, go to iTunes, leave a review iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere you can leave a review about Guitar Wank, please do that and uh, also you go to the website GuitarWank.com subscribe, hit the subscribe button do that and then email us at guitarwank at gmail.com. tell us what you did and if you like the show blah 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 and then you're in the competition to win some amazing prizes which we will send out to you if you win so it's a good deal It's you're doing nothing and you in the chance of winning some good prizes also we got Bruce's crazy guitar wank uh game show happening so uh, he's getting all that stuff together this is all on him i'm staying out of it but um it should be fun we've had a lot of feedback about the game show so far so it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to have some amazing prizes for that too i think bruce and scott are going to do some lessons and yeah we're going to think of some really cool fun stuff for that so lots of fun there um my ankle uh, I had so many emails asking about my ankle and how am I, how am I doing. Um, that is complete bullshit. I had not one email, but I just wanted to give you an update. I broke my foot. I don't know who breaks their foot just running in the park. <laughs> I broke my, broke my ankle. It is officially broken, and uh, I won't be running in the park anytime soon. So there you go. I know you wanted to know that, and I'm just sharing. Uh, big shout-out to all the Guitar Wank listeners in Africa. Yo, thank you for all your support. Go to the website, donate, buy a cap. We're selling caps like nobody's business. Uh, So, go to the website, buy a cap, buy a mug, buy a t-shirt, get pics and coasters and all that stuff. The hats are great. I can't stop wearing the hat. I love it a lot. Uh, Or If you don't want to buy anything, or maybe you have everything, Buy one for a friend. Buy it as a gift. Or donate. Donate button is on the website. Go there and donate. But uh, sit back, maybe get a notepad or make a, um, a note of this episode. And uh, if you have questions about what Bruce is talking about, send them in. We'd love to get your feedback. But this is a really cool lesson and I love the way Bruce teaches. He's such a badass. And remember, you can get Skype lessons with Bruce or Scott too, so you just write in or contact them on their websites or whatever and you can set up a Skype lesson I, I oh, this is what I wanted to tell you guys, so I went to Scott's and I'm, I'm sure when Scott's back on the show we'll talk about this in depth, went to Scott's house and got to see set up and how he does everything and I took over the Oxbox the Universal OX box, which I love, I think it's great, I'm enjoying it because uh, Scott wanted to check it out because I know he dogged on it pretty bad <laughs> but um we got we got close. I would say we got 85 90 percent close to his sound um, which is really good. His sound was it sounded amazing had his Marshall and through his carry carry cab I think it is and um, yeah it sounded about us he had great tone and then we tried to emulate that with his head. And what was in the Oxbox. And we used tested it with IRs as well. The IRs were close too. The Oxbox was close. It was. It sounded great. Obviously Scott chooses to stick with his cab. Because it still sounded better. I mean, of course, it, the real deal it did sound better. But we got really close and we got we we're super picky. We would, uh, he did the same solo through the three different setups. And we just kept going back and forth between them and picking them apart and... I definitely have a lot of questions for Universal Audio and uh, would love to get the guy, and I can't think of the guy's name who actually designed the Oxbox, but we want to try and get him on the show because I've got a shitload of questions and i uh, really curious in what they were thinking when they made this thing and where they're going to take it and what they're going to do with it, what updates, and I think the biggest thing I noticed, and I Scott was bagging on this because it didn't have enough speakers to choose from, And when we were chasing his tome, yeah, we needed more options. So that would be really nice from Universal Audio. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's all getting really close. But Scott will probably give you a completely different opinion and just say it's a piece of shit and he doesn't want to use it. But we got pretty close. We had to mess with it for a little while, but we did get pretty close. Uh, But the IRs were good too. So horses for courses, my friends. You know... But anyway, we'll get into that with Scott when he's back on the show. Sit back. Enjoy this episode. Thank you for all the support. Keep the emails coming. We'll do the competition, the game show. It's all coming up. Uh, be safe out there. Look after each other. Support, support. Community, community. And up your bum. really
1: nice. Does it? Well, we don't know what it sounds like on this, but... And again, I'm used to it. Ladies it ain't, ain't Henderson tone. What's that? It ain't Hendo tone.
0: <laughs> Hendo tone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, guitar wank, here we go. And I'm sitting here with the amazing... Bruce well... foremanism.
1: I'm sitting here. You're sitting here with, yeah, something.
0: <laughs> um... And this is another episode and this is the episode I've been really looking forward to because you have a guitar in your hand which is blasphemy on guitar wank. I don't know why. Well, because
1: is. I guess this is a hang and we're not working and because Scott does won't allow it.
0: But I guarantee we get a guitar in Scott's hand.
1: Yeah
0: think we could
1: do it. I don't think we so. Should, I should try. There it was for a second, because Tweezle picked one up, remember? And, like then, and then he grabbed it up. and did it too, and I said, yeah. oh, okay. So we have to kind of do it that way.
0: And when he did that, I felt like a silent, <gasps> <laughs> from yeah. everyone.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, let's get into it. What? Um, what? You received this email. Thank you, Steve. A listener, Steve Barnett. Um... Do you want to read that?
1: Uh, I can try.
0: As I drink this Rob Harris
1: beautiful scotch. Yeah, yeah. First, really dig the interviews between Scott and all that stuff. Can I get that list of tunes from you? I have a couple of your albums, but hope to hear you in person one day. Yeah, so he, um, he wanted me to do that. Now, of course, I did do this quickly, and Scott was here, and I really didn't go in depth into why I don't, Believe I went in-depth into uh, why. But for those of you who are entering into the uh, contest, you will know how in-depth I went. Because you remember. Right. Do we mention our contest?
0: Mention, the 100th episode. Tell us okay,
1: Guitar Wank Game Show. People, this is what it is. Go online and and email us and request.
0: Email us at where?
1: Uh, at guitarwank.com.
0: At gmail.com.
1: Guitarwank at gmail.com.
0: Yep. That's right.
1: And I imagine if you go to the website, there will be a link to contact us, too.
0: I just... I don't even I know. would assume I think so. there is. Yeah, there is.
1: <laughs> Anyways, but G- guitarwank at com. Go there, and uh, we will send you a list of questions. If you answer the questions well, if you think you're a guitar wank, just, you know, nerd. Connoisseur. Connoisseur. Binger. Then... Um, We For our 100th episode, we're going to have a game show, a la Jeopardy, where we'll have three contestants, and they will vie for prizes answering Guitar Wink esoteric trivia. And it's going to be so exciting, and you do not need to be present to actually participate. You could do it via Skype, but I can't imagine anybody who'd spent enough time to binge listen to guitar wank twice to not want to come to this amazing studio and hang out here and do it in person and the prizes will also be prizes i can't i can't tell you but the grand prize is amazing no the grand prize is a real live baby what we're going to give away a baby
0: we're giving away a baby
1: for the grand prize
0: That sounds like a grand nightmare.
1: I don't. Can we do that? Is it legal?
0: Uh, I. Depends. No!
1: No? No, I don't think we can do it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I thought it was a good idea. (laughs)
0: We're giving away a baby. I think we might be the first game show in history to give away a baby. Maybe we should just do it and just see what happens.
1: A real live baby. (laughs) Like, oh, fuck, I don't want a baby. Well, you shouldn't have answered that question then, should you? You've got a baby, mother. You had to be that smart, didn't you? Well, if you're that smart, take the baby.
0: Oh, man.
1: No, the, the, the no okay. It was no, just an idea I
0: it's, had. Maybe a cell phone? No, no cell phones.
1: Yeah, because then they got to pay the bill. What about
0: a lesson with you guys? Oh, I'm sure we'll work that out. That's yeah, easy. Okay, all right.
1: Okay, so back to, where where were we?
0: <laughs> the email. The, the 10. Oh, right,
1: the 10 tunes. So I did this, and we never really went in super depth, but I responded to Steve, and I hope he got, I'm sure he got my response, and you thought that it would be great that I would I share. I thought it was but, amazing. So so I'm just going to, I'm sitting here with my guitar, I don't know how much I'll play. Just basically why I like these tunes. The. Is because they have something really important to teach us all, and will make further study of tunes and developing vocabulary in the older jazz world. You know the, the the Tin Pan Alley American songbook songs make you understand how those cadences and melodies and forms all interact to all make right. that All
0: right As a to me, as a more of a rock, country, pop guy, right. Um, I'm always so impressed with with jazz guys that you could be anywhere in the world and you can get with other jazz guys and you all just can play a yeah. tune. Right. Now, these 10 tunes, will they give players like myself the ability to travel the world or be anywhere and go, hey, you know what? Let's play this jazz tune.
1: Yeah. Oh, and well, most definitely. Okay, and then you may get occasional vibey guys who go like, "Oh, those tunes are so you know, like they're not they're not hip, you know. They're like, oh, everybody plays them. They're not, you know, you're the guys, you know." But then all you have to do is remind them. is like, have you played it as well as Bill Evans did yet? Right. Have you played it as well as John Coltrane did? And you're copying an attitude about the song. Really? Is it the song? <laughs> You know, I mean, you could do that back to them. That's great. I mean, but the fact is, is the, I mean, this is really for a love of the music and for, for, getting an, for helping people get an understanding of it. That's, what, that's my attitude here. You know, the reason I picked these songs and the reason I put this all together is, is so that someone who is interested in this music and wants to learn more about it can get a good foundation for really digging deeper. It's not about just take this and then you're done. Right. This is about really making it so that when you begin the journey down this road, you're, you're in good shape. It's a stepping stone.
0: Exactly. Okay. And another thing I think maybe after this that I would love to do with you is sit down and maybe we pick a couple of tunes. It could be whatever that you decide, but walk us through... What's happening in the tune? Maybe you pick a, a Charlie Parker tune, a Coltrane tune, a Miles Davis, and walk us through what you're thinking, and break down the tune and how uh, just the overall whole right. of everything. I think okay. that would be really really cool. And I'm really happy. I'm really, I'm
1: really happy to do that. But I do want to point out that um, even in this case, yep. where, where what I'm going to do, about to do now, the. the The reason it works the best... Right. Like even when we talked... The thing with Josh a couple months ago. Yep. You know, I gave him an idea and he took it and he reverse engineered it to make it work for himself. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so great the way he does it and why he's so brilliant at it. And it's real important that... I'm just giving you a way to get the entry point. This music the way the way it works is we all hear differently we all learn to figure shit out differently and so for really yes i can give you insights into what i think but hopefully it will just make you want to find out how you work it the analysis needs to be done by the person themselves right. if if you take my analysis you will You don't have my perspective, so my analysis may open some doors for you, but it won't give you what you need. You need to kind of be that guy yourself. And that's where the genesis of your personal style comes Mm -hmm. and where you're going to take it in a new place that we need to have happen. So it's just real important to me that as I explain this, I'm just giving some basic things that are kind of obvious to me that I want you to be aware of. I'm not doing your analysis for you. It's real important that, that there's a distinction That's understood here because, like, once I was playing with a piano player and he played this chord voicing that just like I'd heard it, I'd obviously heard it before, but had never really figured out what it was. And it's just like that's that voicing that I love, you know. And uh, of course, I waited till the end of the set or the night. And I asked him, I said, you know, in this tune, when you play, you play this thing, what is it? He says, what? You know, he had to recreate it. You know, we got back in the tune. Went playing, yeah, that chord. What is that chord? And he said, oh, it's a mama doll. <laughs> mama doll. He called it a mama doll. Right. And he says, yeah, it's a mama doll. And if I do this, it's a papa doll. And if I do this, it's a baby doll. No, to him, that's what that was called. Right. Now, I've, it was a 13th chord. Voiced a specific way, and when he meant the Papa Doll and the Mama Doll, it was all about whether it was a flat nine or a regular can you, can you nine. Play? Can you well, like the, well, like yeah, like the Mama Doll was this, right? B flat, which is a B flat nine thirteen. Right. But the, but the Papa Doll was had the flat nine in it. Right. But the Baby Doll had the plus eleventh in it too. It sounded like it's crying. Right. And like, to him that made perfect fucking sense. Yeah. Now to me it was like, this guy is like, I'm not going to let him drive me home. <laughs> I wouldn't let him babysit my kids if I hadn't. You know what I mean? Right. But you know, he had it figured out. This all made sense to him. And and in so doing, I believe that's what made him so great. Mm. Is he had, he had done the analysis and engineering to make himself understand it, to make it work in his way. Yeah. Now that's an extreme case. Yeah. But I'm really trying to point out, I'm just going to show some basic things that I think to be aware of here, but to take my analysis, it's just my analysis, which is great, but you should just be disdainful of it, take what you want from it and make it your own thing. Right. That's that's just
0: my It's about... Making us aware of... Making right, right. That's
1: that's what a teacher needs to do. Yeah. Teachers shouldn't be doing the work for the student. Yeah. They should be helping the student do the work.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of these tunes, guys like myself would maybe look at them and go, oh, autumn leaves, that's just so boring. But with your...
1: Analysis, is, it really, is it really boring? Well, really? Have you ever of that felt stuff, that? Yeah, okay, some of okay. that stuff gets a little boring. Okay, okay.
0: But if i have some background on it and know that there's way much there's so much deeper stuff going on that i'm missing because i'm just being ignorant about the tune
1: yeah there's that Maybe i mean we all do that yeah yeah hopefully
0: i need to dig deeper with this because there's there's way much there's way more going on that i don't see on the surface right okay so that's what you are doing today right
1: right and that's what we're going to try and do but i want to go before i get into the mother tunes obviously learning blues tunes and digging into the various, and we talked about that in the Josh Smith episode, yeah. um, learning various blues tunes, bebop blues tunes, shuffle blues tunes, all those things, you know, uh, are, are, it's it's imperative that you do that because right. inside the blues really is everything we're going to talk about in these 12 tunes. And also, I Got Rhythm is something you just need to kind of get close to. And there's lots of tunes you know uh, the obvious ones are like Oleo, Anthropology, Lester In, Eternal Triangle. You know, I mean, there's these ones. Oh, you're
0: throwing all these tunes out. These for- are
1: two names that are based on I Got Rhythm.
0: Oh, okay, the, changes. The, which, is really, which
1: is really, which is chord structure, which is basically just turnarounds, two-bar turnarounds, going real fast. Right, okay. but you need to deal with that because that's going to be in all these other songs yeah. so to deal with it in a really pure place to get to do the work and to learn how it works to study blues and I got rhythm changes tunes which there are hundreds if not thousands right. um, that's just, that, I'm just stipulating that work needs to be done along with these ten tunes right. I'm not okay. wasting one of the numbers on something as obvious as yeah. That. Yeah. okay Yeah. Can we start now? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the first one is one that most jazz musicians would probably, and if you went to a jam session and called this tune, they'd probably kind of go, ooh, you know.
0: (laughs) What? Because it's a little like Mustang Sally? It's kind of of a Mustang
1: Sally-ish of a jazz tune. But the truth is, is Coltrane recorded it. Yep. And, of course, he did a different arrangement of it, but that's what you do when you make records. Yeah. But, I mean, he recorded this tune... Uh, Miles recorded it on the Porgy and Bess record, you know, it's been recorded by Ellis Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong, you know, so Um, it's Summertime by George Gershwin. But
2: it's
0: such a great song. It's
1: such a great song. And and again, what this song has to really teach us is first of all, it's kind of a minor blues, Mm -hmm. but it's a different form than a blues. But really what I wanted you to take from this song is, this song, just like all these other songs, but maybe even more clearly, it tells you what the chord needs to be when you just listen to the melody. If you hear that melody, you know... I mean, that's telling you what chord that is. Mm -hmm. And you can hear, no chord needs to change.
2: Right.
1: Right? You might hear a moving voice in it. You know something like that, and then you know that you have just gone to the four chord, or you've no if you don't even know what that you've gone to the four chord, you know you go to a new chord here. Yeah. The melody is directing where the harmony needs to go, and and learning that from this song will make these other songs and every other song make sense to you right. for the rest of your life. And it's where guitar players get in trouble because what happens? We go to a jam session, we got the real book. The horn player plays the melody, or the singer sings the, me- sings the melody, and we look at the chords. We don't even look at the melody. And we just play the chords. And then we remember the chords, try to remember the chords. Yep. Generally try, not do. <laughs> and then what ends up happening is two days later, we can't play that tune. And it was started on an A minor. I'm doing an A minor, it. Yep. So if we start on an A minor, but does it do it for a bar? Does it do it for three bars, four bars, two bars? I don't know. But if you just, da-do-da, da do da do da No, that's when it changes, you know. I mean, and it's going to the fourth. Fourth. Five. And it's got that little thing. You know? And then it goes back to where? Right where we started. And then there's like a turnaround. That's a, the that's a relative major. Back to the minor. I mean, <coughs> that's the whole tune. So, right there, this tune is so simple, but so obvious. And the melody is so inner. And all you got to remember is oh, yeah, it's got this little 2 5 here. If you want to make a 2 5 out of it, you want to extend it, go from C major 7 to C major 6, or C major to F major. Instead of going to E, you can go to B minor first. If yeah, that's just like filling up mm. the space, it's obvious. You got a 5-1, you can make it a 2-5-1 anytime you want. Yeah. You got a 4, you can always, you got a 1, you can always go to the 4 or the 1. I mean, it's it's really no different than going to the 1-7-1-6. One, one, you know, this is what's happening from you know, C major 7 to C major 6. And this is C major 7 to F major 7. You see what I mean? It's like really there's difference, but it's okay, yeah. I mean it's like, what do you hear? Mm -hmm. And this song teaches you that. And it's really simple, it's not a long form. And there's a lot of great versions of it to go check out and learn little details that you can put into your playing in a real simple way. Because keeping it simple for yourself means that you can then start to incorporate and listen to what's going on around you.
0: Yep. So you're saying so, melody. Know the melody.
1: Yeah. The first thing, yeah. I would suggest anybody, even if you're playing the chords because you got the chart and that's your job. Yeah. Okay. Play the chords. Be listening for that melody. That's your solo. That's your best solo idea right there, is yeah. to take that melody. Well, I'm going to solo. I don't, I don't really know how to play over these chords yet. You know, I do know the scales, but I don't want to sound like. That sounds like shit to me. It yeah. sounds like a lot of jazz musicians, but the, <laughs> they don't sound quite like that. But it almost, you know. Right. But like, if I just try to rec let's imagine I kind of know the melody. just sort of take the melody and kind of remember what it could be and feel free to play around because I knew I'll find it somewhere and knew that if I got to I don't have to worry about a half step off I'll just pull it into the next note you know what I mean I'm just hearing that melody and I'm finding things. And then as I hear that melody and then I hear how the changes interact with it, then I can start using my idea. But then I've already, I'm already playing, you dig? I'm already feeling good. I'm already like sounding good with the band. Now I'm gonna just add some cool stuff to it. It's like it's like when you have a you're making a stew. Stew's working out. Okay, I got they got the stuff, the vegetables, the broth, the meat, whatever you got, you know, in there. You got the rice, the potatoes. It's going. And you're like, wow, what if I add a little bit of Cayenne pepper. Ooh, that's nice. You know, maybe some oregano. Ooh, that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how we need to start looking at these licks and these ideas and these concepts. Just sort of mix first of all get the music going. Then start folding it in. Because with because you just you can hear it, you can feel it, and you can play it well and you know, and you sound good and you have a victory and musically yeah. and you're not trying to shove a. You make a bunch of fucking sausage in front of people because making sausage is not something that should be done in public. <laughs> we all love sausage, but it should not be done in public. That's true. That's true.
0: Now, how how do you go about committing this stuff to memory?
1: Is there a, is there a? If I asked you to sing "Summertime," you could sing it, do you? Yeah. Me. Yeah. You've already committed it to memory. All you need to do is start to hang the harmony on it. That is like. <clears throat> A no brainer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden transposing keys means nothing to you. Yeah. Because it's all hanging on the melody.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like if I gave you a bunch of clothes and you put them in your closet, the thing that makes it work is the hanger. The hangers don't get enough love in the <laughs> world, you know what I mean? <laughs> Because you'd have a pile of shit, right? You nothing would be wearable. It'd all be bottom of the bottom of the hanger, bottom of the closet, piled on top of each other, mildewy, yeah. and all sorts of awful shit, right? Yeah. Because you got the hangers, you have a closet full of clothes that are workable.
2: That's true. The
1: hanger is the melody. That's what's happening.
0: That's that's where it's at.
1: It's my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I could stop right now. I think I've done my job, but there's more.
2: (laughs) more.
1: Okay, the second one on this list, this list, and and, and for those of you who are guitar wank aficionados, I might have done the list in different order, and I might have even had a few different songs. Um, the next one I put was "Honeysuckle Rose," and the reason I did that is I think I personally believe it's the best study of two five one in the world. It also has an iconic melodic phrase that Charlie Parker used in so many different variations of his solos.
0: Now what hold it, now what do you mean by that?
1: Well, there's the melody of Honeysuckle Rose. Do you know the song? Yeah. Well, you know, that is something that Bird played. Um, it's just it's great if you're going off in two five one. Uh, it's all in there, right? right. Now. You, I mean, there's just like so much stuff you can do. Just that little—it's like a shape almost. If you want to look at it as a, as a physical shape on the guitar, that's one way to do it. Yep. Or if you want to conceive it as a melodic shape, turn it upside down, flip it the other way, add some chromatics to it, play it—you know what? You know, come from below, come from above, go alternate. You know, that that will just give you so many great ideas of how to play over a two-five-one.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Again, it comes back to the melody, and. And then the other thing about it is the bridge harmony, the harmony of the bridge. This is an AABA a- B- song, and the bridge harmony it goes to the key of the four, two five one to the four in this case, and then it goes to the two dominant, then it goes to the five dominant. Now you know there's ways of looking at that. There's like guys who will do a two five one to a major, and you know there's lots of little idiosyncrasies that are all great. But basically, you can get away with just like in this key we're in F, so we played da 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 da. da and then I go to the bridge, it's C minor, or just F7, C minor, F7, to B-flat, B-flat 7 or B-flat, and then G7, C7, and then you're back to the key of F doing mm-hmm. your thing. And like, like take the A train, which is also on the list, has almost the same bridge, except for it doesn't have the two five one at the beginning of the bridge, it just starts right on the four chord. Right. And so the 2-5 kind of happens in the ending before you get to it. Um, but just hearing the melody and hearing how these chords relate to it. The key is always hearing the melody. And, and then, like I say, that hanger. And then the, the clothes, the harmony, the chord changes are, are the shirt you hang on the hanger. Wow. And that makes it easy to remember all these songs. Because all you got to do is remember a melody. And if, like, I, I know, if I asked you... Like, I have to figure out how old you are, and then I, I could probably ask, I could name hit tunes when you were six, seven years old. You could sing the whole melody to Yeah, them. yeah. You'd have no problem. Yeah. It's easy to remember. Yeah. But you've never thought of being able to attach harmony to that melody. And, and what a melody does is, melodies imply harmony. Harmony implies melody. And where we get in trouble with playing jazz is we separate them. So we lose the music, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. Who else's opinion would it be?
0: <laughs>
1: okay. So, anyways, and I now but, hold it.
0: Is there any with these last two tunes? Yeah. Uh, Summertime and Honeysuckle Rose. Is there any tunes that you would say? All right, you need to go listen to this. Example? Well, yeah.
1: Oh well, God. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's know. so many. I there's mean, so many. Basically, if Miles Davis, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Louis. Armstrong, Frank Sinatra, Charlie Parker. The Greats. If The Greats did it, you need to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's pretty easy. And then, then find something you like better. Yeah. You know, find Kurt Rosenwinkel, Julian Lodge, Bill Frizzell for guitar players. You know, the new guys, Chris Potter, Michael Brecker, Dewey Redmond, you know, for, I mean Joshua Redman. I'm dating myself, Dewey was his dad. Um, you know. Who yeah. the new Ambrose, whatever, you, whatever you're into, you know, it's okay. You don't have to listen to Chet Baker, but you, you're, the, you're better off going back, starting there and then working your right way forward. forward. You just are. I mean, yeah. it just gives you a better, I mean, not that you should sound like that, just that you should know it. Yeah, um, yeah I, you know, I, I'm reticent to give like a specific, but I'll, I will tell you that Honeysuckle Rose, Right. Charlie Parker wrote "Scrapple from the Apple." That's a very famous song, and and the story of that actually, I know this. big, I mean, I know the song, of course. I've known it for a long time. My my surrogate father is a guy named Buddy Jones. He's a bass player. I'm sure I've talked about him on Guitar Wing, uh, and if I haven't, I should have because uh, he's he's this guy from Arkansas who. Uh, was into horses, kind of a cowboy like me, and so, you know, I really, he really kind of like let me unlock my personal inner cowboy, because for a while it was, I was a jazz musician and I just sort of like you know, yep. kept it under wraps, and then I hung out with him in Carmel Valley, and he introduced me to a lot of ranchers, and I started working with cows, working with horses, and, you know, competing, and that's where the cowboy stuff came out, and he had a horse I used to, when he quit riding, he got older, I rode his horse for him, Wow! You know. yep. and uh, he was a bass player, and he grew up in Hope, Arkansas, which I don't know if you know this, but Clinton is from Bill Clinton's from Hope, Arkansas. And he was friends with Clinton's mom when that town probably had 12 kids in it. Wow. And then he went off to college in Kansas City, which is the nearest big city. Yeah. And he blew all the money on going to listen to the Count Basie Band and Lester Young yep. in Kansas City. But he had to sit in the kids' section, You because know, he was like 16 or 17. And he was sitting up there with Charlie Parker. Wow. And he became friends with Bird, and he played with him there. He was a piano player at first, and he switched to bass. And then over the years, he knew Bird, and he. And during World War II, he went in the, I think it was, Army Band or Navy Air Force Band, something like that. He went to Hawaii and played. And Bird moved to New York. Well, he ended up getting restationed in New York, and he stayed with Bird. He was friends with Bird. He said Bird would just practice. 16 hours a day he was just like you know and one night there, it's just like this little teeny one-bedroom apartment or whatever and Buddy took the bedroom because Bird was just going to sit up and practice all night and he wakes up one morning and Bird's excited and he says well, Buddy, Buddy check this out he's what he says you know how we're always playing I got rhythm with the honeysuckle rose bridge. I mean that was that was a real thing that guys, you know, they they were writing new tunes to old tunes. I think to get away from the publishing problem, there was, you know, like in playing in the clubs, you you had to get a clearance on the tunes, so they would just take the harmony and write a new melody on yep. tunes there. That's a word that now they people call them contrafacts. but you know, they would take like uh, all the things you are and they wrote a new song on it called Prince Albert or uh, I Got Rhythm they'd take and they'd write a song called Oleo or Anthropology or How High the Moon they'd wrote Ornithology. Mm-hmm. And so there, that was a the thing they did. And um, But it was really common to play because like the I Got Rhythm bridge is just kind of boom, three, six, two, five, and then it goes back into fast moving. Whereas the Honeysuckle Rose bridge kind of, more fun to play on it for a lot of people. So yep. there's a lot of tunes that they were playing, which were honeysuckle. We were, were I got rhythm tunes with a honeysuckle rose bridge, and he said to Buddy, "You know how we're playing like so many tunes with I got rhythm and honeysuckle rose bridge." He says, Buddy says, "Yeah," and he says, "Well, I just wrote this tune that's honeysuckle rose with an I got rhythm bridge." That scrapple from the apple. I mean, so Buddy see. was asleep in the fucking bed <laughs> in the apartment when he wrote that song. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like amazing jazz history. Anyways, so... Damn, so, yeah. but, but so, with the song Sunny Honeysuckle Rose, I'm just saying, if you want to learn how to take a cool bebop solo over Honeysuckle Rose, just learn Scrapple from the Apple, but realize, don't treat it like a song. Treat it like, almost like you're transcribing a cool solo. And and then take it apart like you would that. Right. And just don't play it like you're pushing buttons. Yeah. You know, like Whoa. It, just the first few notes. You know? I, mean, I haven't even played but four notes of it and it's like already opened up like all these other phrases. Yeah. Okay. So that's another little extra bonus for Honeysuckle Rose. And I do that a lot.
0: Dude, as much as you've transcribed all Charlie Parker's stuff, I imagine, do you are you able to pull them back like out of your ass, like those solos? The, no. No. Some. Some parts of it. You no,
1: know, I, I pull out my ass, as you like to say, uh, <laughs> what I hear at the moment. Right. And yes, where it comes from, I don't know. You know what I mean? The, I know that the best stuff comes to me when I don't Try to pull things out, my
2: hands. Right, okay. I just
1: leave it open. No,
2: nope.
1: I can just play the melody. I can just play nothing. I can just but play h- the chord.
2: How
0: often did you sit there and play along with those tunes and note for note with those solos?
1: Not as much as one might think, but okay. a, but some. Okay. And mostly, I just listened to it and sang along with it. Right. Okay. Um, the next. This is going to take a hundred years. That's um, right? The oh. next one is "Take the A Train." And Take the A-Train, which is a song, again, you know, it's pretty obvious. Um, It's the most obvious use of what we call the, I call the two dominant seven chord. Uh, Some people call it... (laughs) (laughs) That was Cressida, Troy's beautiful young daughter, who's like, she's crying. so we're probably going to stop for a second. Yeah. She just wants to be on the podcast. All right. Again,
0: five.
1: Yeah, you know, he makes the babies cry. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Thank heaven for little girls.
0: The A train.
1: The A train. Okay, so basically I was it's what we call what I call the two dominant. A lot of many names for it. Five oh five and all that shit. But it's there's so many songs we'll start off with a chord, like a one chord in the key of C, C major, and the second chord is, is a D seven. Right? And it's just I mean, take the A train is, is a beautifully obvious one. It's why I picked it because the melody really outlines it very well. But Girl from Ipanema does it, Jersey Bounce does it. There's just hundreds of songs that do that. Right. So, and, and the reason why I chose Take the A Train besides the fact that it's so popular and you can play it in any jam session anywhere around the world is that the melody really outlines that idea you hear that color come in or now what I've done and, and that's in the, on top of it being the two dominant, it's got the plus 11 that's the note Right, so basically, what's and, and the thing that's cool about this is like if you study jazz harmony and you're in the, every time you see a dominant chord, you automatically think it's a five chord, which means you start altering it to make it go two five one kind of thing. No, yeah. this chord ain't taking us to the key of G in the key of C. You know, C to D seven, it's just gonna go D minor G seven C after that, or just G seven C. Yeah. So like we're still in the key of C. We've just added some color, basically. Some motion and color. Mm -hmm. So, and what is the color really? Well, the melody has just told us. That G sharp. But, you know, there's also, what do we know about a D7? It's got that F sharp in it to it. So, we're adding the colors of F sharp and G sharp to the key of C. We're not really leaving the key. There's no modulation happening. So, just basically, once you know the melody, and then you know that that's the thing, you can kind of make solos up of... back home and again C You know and just understanding that that's like what's happening here and hearing that and then playing the changes hearing do do Here it comes again, right? I mean, could you kind of? There's like a lot to really learn, and you, like it becomes a color, like any color, green, mm-hmm. red, where like you hear that chord inside a key, and you go, oh, that's that, right? And this, this melody has just pointed that out so clearly, that these are the colors you want. You're not leaving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're just introducing color along the way. I can't think of a better place to learn that. And it's a fun tune to play.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's also, it's cool, A-A-B-A phrase, and it's got a version of the honeysuckle Rose Bridge that we talked about before. So moving on, then we got Autumn Leaves was the next one I put here. Autumn Lee's very famous tune. A lot of great versions of this song. Yep. Okay. For me, the har- on the harmony side, there's a lot of great things, but um, just to me, what really makes a melody? What and therefore what makes a melodic solo? I mean, to me, one of the most melodic solos of all time is George Harrison on something. Anybody sings something, they sing the words, and then when the solo comes along, they sing the solo. Right? Right. Well, what makes that work? The same thing that Autumn Leaves works. It's sequential ideas. Autumn Leaves, you know. I mean, it's just like, it's laying it out for you. It's also laying the harmony out for you. But basically, and that is where we jazz musicians, when we only think harmony, we think scales and arpeggios, that our, our solos are completely devoid of any of that melodic DNA that are, mm-hmm. of the sequence. Unless we're just lucky. Right. And we talked about uh, a few things back with Wes and Django. Go back and listen to them. What makes them so great is along with playing all that shit, it's like every line had some DNA from the line before it. It was if question and answer. This is the question, this is the answer. Oh, that was the answer by the you know, it's like so much brilliant development and continuity. Yeah. And and just like the something solo. So um I just want to say that learning Autumn Leaves and learning that melody is going to change, hopefully, your way of soloing, which is really what we all need to do, I believe.
0: Now, is that, is that a tune? And with all these tunes, yeah. Um, and, and some listeners out there, as myself, would look at these tunes and go, oh, well, that's okay, something I can do, learn it in every key. I
1: don't, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that.
0: I mean But that's, I, a, that's a fucking massive task sometimes to some players.
1: You see, yeah. That's you kids. <laughs> <laughs> you kids. I mean it starting But who's When, gonna, I, when I, wait a minute, okay. wait a minute. When okay. I when I started out, you didn't know a tune unless you could play it in every game. Now you're a fucking genius if you know it in every key. What's the difference? Nothing has changed. Right. So we've got fucking lazy. Oh, no, no. You think you have to memorize the tune in 12 keys. You have to learn it in one key and then just change the guitar especially. It's it's all intervallically symmetrical. Okay. Recognize the cycles. Hear the intervals. You don't need to worry about it. So we're thinking it wrong. Right. Yes. It's like, you tell me what key, okay, like Autumn Leaves. Technically, I played it in the key of B flat, which is really it's G minor. I mean, the home key is G minor, but it's the relative major. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. B flat, okay. And it starts on the G. Oh, what do you know? It starts on actually the tonic if you think of it as G minor. So if we were to play it in E flat major, which is C minor now, right? Well, C's the first melody note. Well. It's- I mean, I can just hear the intervals because I've I've been training myself to do that because one of the practices you do when you play a song is like if I'm going to play back to our first song, Summertime, if we go jump back to where we were, which we can. Well, I just played it. it, That was technically the fifth position on the guitar. The first note was an E, right? Well, maybe I'll move it up to the G string. Now I'm in the ninth position. You know, maybe I'll start it on my little finger. Now, you know, now I'm back in the 5th, but I'm like stretching instead of reaching up to the B string. Maybe I'll start up on the D string on my 1st finger. You know, I mean, I'm teaching myself intervals and how to hear the next note and grab for it and it's good if I make mistakes because then I fix them and I learn oh when I hear this note I'm not really hearing that I'm hearing this because that's what you do when you solo really when you're soloing you're just hearing shit and you're playing the intervals you're hearing the best way to develop intervalic savvy is to take a song like you know then start it on your first finger, start on your fourth finger, move it to another place. Then pick just in any random note that's not at that note. Maybe this, you know, and not giving it. It doesn't matter what key you're in. As soon as you hit that first note, you know the intervals, right? And then you know what key you're in. Well, you know it's the cycles. What is it going to do? It's going to go like a turnaround one. Two five one, whatever. One four six. six a long turnaround or a short turnaround. It's going to be a turnaround, or it's going to go to the relative minor, or it's going to go to the four chord, or it's going to go to the two dominant, which is kind of going to the relative minor, anyways. <laughs> I mean, so you only got about three options harmonically. Yeah. Yeah. But if you hear that melody, it becomes obvious how fast you have to need to move. Around. You know, this shit just all starts to become easy. So what you think of as transposing being this big job, was never a big job, till. The new way of learning jazz happened. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: a hell of a lot. I, like, I mean, I wow. like
1: playing in every key was just what we did. You yeah. know, I mean, singer we play with singers all the time, so it was like, it's that key, it's that. It doesn't matter. I mean, what? Yeah, we all play instruments. It's all intervals. A sixth never changes. A third never changes. But I think
0: I feel like my generation. Well, maybe not my generation, but a lot of players think like that. Oh fuck! To learn this in every key, is going to take me forever. No, favor. no. But we're thinking it as uh, way differently. Than you're thinking we of having
1: to learn it twelve times yeah. or eleven times. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But you know, no. You, you in, wrong. In the, but but the thing is, is you okay? So let's say I'm learning B flat. Take it up to D. Play it. You know. Make a few mistakes, but I figure I learn new things about it because I'm forcing myself to. Then okay, I got kind of B flat and D. Well, I'll take it up to. F or G flat or G, and by the time you've done it like three times, far enough, you know, more than a minor a minor third or more away, you pretty much are not going to have a trouble. You've played every cycle in every key already, and then the intervals are just the intervals. They don't change. So, I think too much is made of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's great. That's
1: great. I mean, there's other things. To talk about besides the tunes about learning to play you know that maybe we should, should have talked about first but you know i mean well, again, so we've got some really great players here and i don't want to bore them but you know i mean well, fast but fast like long. if you if you're playing a song just learning a song some ideas for learning a song is definitely play that melody all over the neck using different fingers to start on you know that's totally something you should do yeah then the second thing is play the changes in what i call zones Like force yourself to imagine the guitar only exists from the nut to the 5th fret, or from the 3rd fret to the 8th fret, or from the 6th fret to the 12th you know, you pick a zone that's very, you know, and force yourself to play all the chords inside that area.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: This will just kind of make you more aware of the cycles and how they relate to each other. You know, so if you do that, it really gets kind of easy. (laughs) Right.
0: It does yeah, I mean
1: yeah. I, I'm not I'm not trying to over You're s- not pissing in that pocket no no this is, <laughs> this is you guys I mean this music is not easy to play no. I'm hundred percent behind it that's why I'm doing this yeah helping people because it was hard for me and I want to make it easier for everybody else because they're ultimately going to take the music further but these aren't the things that are hard
2: right
1: I think people sometimes make the kinda of easy shit hard and yep. then they miss the important shit later. Right. So all right. it's a bit of a deviation. But back to Autumn Leaves. It's just the world's best understanding of how the relative minor and relative major keys can live together. And the melody tells you, boo-doo doo we're in the major, boo-doo dee we go to the minor. Yeah. But we do that again, doo-doo with the major, Boo-doo-doo, we're at the minor. I mean you can hear it, right? Mm. Da, 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 da. We're gonna stay in the minor. Ba, da, da, da We're still the minor. Ba, da, da, da. We're back. It's the the sun is shining. It's major. Yeah. And then we go. We close it back down. We're not even gonna go back to the major anymore. Let's stay all minor Russia, or whatever. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Jewish music, Russia. Oh, never, no, but I live in the major again, you know what I mean? It's like, and you know, the guy who wrote this song, if you, if you know him, it's a French song originally, and then it was, it actually was a French song. Was it met? Mm-hmm. Le Folie Mortes, which is the the dying leaves. Oh, okay. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's it is bittersweet. It's the yeah. beauty of how beautiful they are, but they're dying. You know, but they'll come back. You know, blah 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 blah. It's a beautiful song, and of course, most people at a jam session will kind of look down their nose at you if you want to play it because they've played it a million times probably with people that that's the only song they can play and they butchered it. But meanwhile, it's a brilliant song. And the other thing is the form is so weird because it's a 32-bar form and it gives you the impression that it's A B A because it's got two A's at the beginning. Then it's got a kind of a B thing, but then the B thing just keeps going mm-hmm. till the end. Right. It's it's like A B C you could say, or just A long B, whatever you want. But it just like shows you how the architecture of the song is so important. Because that's really what we're working with. It's, it's as if you're running a track.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's this oval. And you're always going to be going around this oval. It never changes. Yeah. And so what you do with it, it's up to you. Do you want to ride on the inside lane or the outside lane? Mm-hmm. you want to trot? you want to run? You know I mean? That, you know what I mean? That is the thing that I think most guitar players get in trouble with is that they don't sort of... Sense the conceptual totality of everything, so that they don't feel free to add and subtract and catch up, and you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's like it's it's like they're seeing it as like every little block step, versus every bar, versus no, it's just like it's going around. And if I miss this, I'll catch up there. You know, I know I'm going around. Everybody's going around the same track. I just gotta <laughs> run a little faster and catch up to them. You know, right? <laughs> right. It's really that simple. Yeah. And and so these songs. That's another element that they teach us. Uh, On this, the next one, I had, and I'm sorry I'm taking so long here.
0: No, no, this is all badass.
1: All the Things You Are.
0: All the Things You Are. Now,
1: this song was actually voted, as far as I know, and of course, Buddy Jones told me this, and maybe he was just saying shit, but I always believed everything he said. (laughs) Um, He said that all the... ASCAP composers were asked it is, you know of course a long time ago what the greatest song ever written was and they all said this song really whatever uh, it is an amazing song I think it's the best study of the cycle of fifths you know like which is how chords move through the world Yep. Uh, and all the melody notes are the third which is really kind of I like to almost think of it as the guitar player's root, because we're not bass players. Right. We don't, playing the root is only our job if if there isn't a bass player we want to play duo and lay it down for another person, you know, which we can do and it's easy to do, but I think most guitar players get hurt by kind of thinking root all the time. I think the third is is really our job. Right. The root is the bass. And, um, and so this melody is the thirds of all the chords. I mean, it's like learning to hear the thirds and how they direct the chord motion. And um, so this song is just—if it's not an easy song, it's—it's it's by far of. The songs we've talked about, the hardest one. Mm -hmm. Again, what's going to save your ass in the song is the melody, not remembering the chords. Right. And then uh, once you got this down, this song will be a bitch to transpose (laughs) because it's got a little half step drop in it. Like it's all sitting in the key of A flat here. And then now we're leaving the key, you know. And then we start where we ended off with a minor. That was another like deviation. Yeah, and you know so, but basically you're still playing thirds. So if you learn to hear the third of the chord, can you imagine what a gift that is. Yeah, to be a musician that can learn it. So yeah, maybe it's hard for you, but you've learned these other four tunes. You've got your list going. You know, there's a reason why I didn't put it first.
0: And, and pr- approaching all of these songs, <clears throat> and it, for someone that's never attempted to, to. To learn these tunes, how do you approach these songs?
1: Well, you know, and, and that I like you know, as much as I'm totally into, you know, nerditude and jazz playing, yeah. This is what I like the best, is like taking people and like opening the door of jazz yep. for them. This yep. is this is really what I want to do. You know, so I imagine there's some really great players here going, God, I wish you'd talk about something a little deeper, you know, or a little more complex or right. more Higher, whatever, level. Um, But to me this this is really, you know, if you can really understand this at a basic level and open this door and just like take your time. Love these songs. Let them teach you what they have to teach you. Just play them over and over again. It's like what's wrong with playing the chords a hundred thousand times for other people while they solo? You don't have to solo. Yeah, Yeah. You'll solo, wait till you hear something. Yeah. What do you really know? This song. What do you're so sick and tired of playing the chords that you said, "Wow, I just found a cool substitution that worked better than the original chords." Because you were so fucking bored, you just tried something weird. Right. I'm sick of playing this chord here. I'm gonna play another <laughs> chord. You know, that's really you know. I got to tell you, that's how I learned to play. Now I'm not gonna say it's the best way to learn how to play, but it is how I learned. Right. I would play these jam sessions. Piano players wouldn't play them. Because back during our day, you'd play the blues and there would be 15 horn players. And they would all play long solos. <laughs> Fuck. Right. So you're comping the blues. but For, you know, a <laughs> half hour. For a half hour. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because what ended up happening was like, first five minutes I'm just playing everything I know. Yeah. Then I'm done with that. <laughs> now I'm like fucking around. Now I'm like figuring, well, you know, I'm going to stay all down low. I'm going to stay all high. I'm going to only play thirds. I'm going to only, I'm going to play play the tritone sub of everything. You know, whatever. You know, you just get so comfortable playing the fucking song yeah. that you feel comf- confident to get up to the next level of, of ex- experimentation. Mm-hmm. And what happens if? What happens if? Because you're totally comfortable. Because you've been like, you, if you play another chorus of what you played the last time, <laughs> you're going to puke or kill yourself, right? <laughs> right? So that's what I'm talking about. I mean, and that's, you know, get it down. Get it down. Be, It's beautiful. If you just sat and played the chords of these songs, it's great. Yeah. I mean, you are in the rarefied era of like 0. 000 one of humanity. If you can do that,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: dig it, man. Yeah, don't don't compare yourself to Herbie Hancock or Kurt Rosenwinkel. Just get inside the music and let it grow. It will. Have faith in yourself and engineer it yourself. And and the, all things you are is going to challenge you more than maybe any song on this list. Wow. So I put it in the middle, but it, you know, because it need you need to address it, but. Yeah. Great song, and then I I wrote it as a joke. And now transpose it, you know, because <laughs> it is that it will be the biggest challenge. Yeah. Okay. Then another one I wrote after that, and I think we're up to one, two, three, four, five. We're up to number six. Number six. Okay. God, I take a long time
0: to do this. No, no, this is all gold. This oh, okay. Is nuggets. Ah, whatever. People, nuggets. People
1: can always just go to sleep, right? It's good for insomnia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There will never be another you. It's a famous standard. A lot of people, I mean, again, it's another one that if you play it, just like all the others, everybody's going to roll their eyes when you call it. You know, the, hip, the hipster jazz musicians who think they're better than everything. Right. Then you just got to remind them that, you know, you've really played it better than the great. all the amazing greats that have, like, tried to play the song. <laughs> right. Um, this song has. It's a great example of the back cycling or the bird style changes. You're, you're going to the four chord, like there's a song called Blues for Alice that does the same thing, and Charlie Parker wrote it. Uh, where, you know, this song starts on E flat, and then it goes like just a set of two, you drop a half step to D minor flat five, and you just keep going around two fives till you get to the four chord. Which you've, of course, heard in a million songs. Yeah. yeah. So this... But this melody is telling you that's all happening. <laughs> Boo-dee, you four chord. You know, we got to the four. It's just a blues, really. Yeah. Just another way of playing the blues. You don't have to look at it like just those cycling changes, but that's what this has to teach you. Really, what's happening inside is just a moving fifth. <laughs> Boo-doo, the B-flat. be do boo
0: And we've heard that
1: so much, right? It's man, it was from the Dixieland days, yeah. you know. But but now we've figured out a way to put two fives on that and ornament. <laughs> it. And so now if you're like willing to go this far and get into this, you are already hearing on like three levels that you weren't before. Right. And then the beautiful thing about this song is that it's a, a form of like a eight bar A and then a first ending and then an eight bar A and then the second ending, right? the same A. And in this case, it does pretty much what most of the A1, A2 tunes do, which is they go to the four chord and then they work their way around and towards the end of it, they'll go to the two dominant and the five dominant in the first ending and in the second ending, they'll resolve. Home. I mean, this song does some, some kind of intricate things, but basically it follows that template that so many other songs are going to do. And the reason why I want you to learn this is like, hey, you hear that melody, you hear the way that it interacts with the changes, you hear the form, you know this now. Well, you play some tune that has so many similarities to this, you recognize it. You're driving down the street, you hear it, you recognize it. You're sitting in a club and you hear somebody play it, you recognize it. You're on the bandstand and you don't know the fucking tune and somebody plays it and you recognize recognize it. That's what I'm talking
2: about. Right.
1: So that's where this tune has so much to offer you.
0: Love that. That's okay.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Just friends is the next tune.
0: Number seven.
1: God, we're that far. Good. I'll go faster. Nice. Okay. What What I like about just friends, what it has to teach us, is it starts on a four chord.
2: Okay.
1: And there's numerous tunes I could name, uh, uh, the famous tunes. Limehouse Blues starts on a four chord. I'll See You When My Dream starts on the four chord. So there's a lot of great tunes through history that start on the four chord. What this tune does, it starts on the four chord and works its way down home, you know? So it'd be like uh, in the key of F. Just friend. B-batch Yeah. That's basically back home, okay? But you could play it like A minor. Mm. Now we got A flat. And now we got the two. You see know what I'm saying? Like you can hear this. Right? You can hear that motion. Well, that motion happens. All over all the all place, time, all the time, and what, what's the melody doing? Da da do the third, da da the third again. <laughs> I mean, it's just telling you this is what is happening harmonically. Just listening to it, you know what I mean. So it's making it easy for you, right? And then, and then, this is another song where it's got an A one, A two. The first ending, da 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 da. We're not gonna resolve now, but it's the same bullshit as before. Da da, more like it before. This time, da 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 we 'cause we're gonna resolve at the thirty-first bar, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. boom. You roof. got right. it now. Yep. You're hearing what's happening. <laughs> And then you got the 31st bar, but wait, we got the beginning of the chorus in bar one. So we got to make a turnaround happen here. We're not really done. Because if we finish now, we've basically circumcised the beginning of the next chorus. <laughs> right. Right? We've neutered yeah. it. Yep. Castrated is a better word than circumcised. <laughs> you follow me?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm right there.
1: Okay. So the next one is Green Dolphin Street. Ah. And Green Dolphin Street of you know I'm kind of for the last 3 tunes we're stuck in A1 A2 land. Okay. But that's okay because sometimes it takes a while for, for us to really get shit, you know. <laughs> you know, um, the thing I like about that song Green Dolphin Street is is it introduces the tri- what I call a triadic shift. Which is like, yeah, some people would say like They'd go C major, C minor, to D, D flat, C, or if you're in e, whatever key you're in. Right. But really what's happening is... Right. right? I mean, you've been to a hockey game ever, you've been yeah, to a baseball right. game, it's yeah. kind of, you know, you've been to a bullfight, that's kind of what's happening, Right? <laughs>
0: I remember the last fought I was at. That, that's
1: what they played. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, some well. variation of that. Yeah. So for us to like hear that <laughs> in context of parallel motion, mm-hmm. it's a big part of music. And yeah. it's in all these songs. And it's particularly in modern jazz as you move through it, like some of the substitutions and ways you kind of play against the harmony mm-hmm. is through use of parallel motion. So this is a place where we can like, Learn to understand it. Learn to work with it. Right. In a real, safe, playable environment. With a melody. Da, 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 da. chromatic. Da, you know. It's all spelling it out. And then it's got this beautiful A1, A2 form. Da, 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 you know. And then it's got a thing that resolves. And then studying the second A of Green I guess we have time so we can do in that. Yeah, uh, like Miles Davis rewrote how that went, and in, a, in many cases, better way. But like, so jazz musicians, and of course, I think we'd have to open the real book to look at what's in there because I'm not sure. But. Um, It starts on the two, right? You know, we're in the second A. It goes to the two chord, D minor. No, Miles Davis played that like D, 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 D to descending bass to A minor, right? And then they continued the descending bass, bo bado and then F sharp B to the three, six, two, five, one. Right. Totally makes sense. Great. Perfectly descending bass cyclical motion. But I believe the original went five, To a uh. two dominant, which is that chord we learned from "Take the A Train," to a diminished, <laughs> doobo ba da da, to our three six two five. Mm. What are, they're the same fucking thing. Right. If you're not the bass player, there's no difference. You know, and yet a guitar player, if asked to play that cadences, what they would play would be completely different. Mm. Because they're not understanding. It's just the same. You know what I mean? It's just we're just trying to get here, and then we're trying to get there. And these are the basic colors. We're here. You know what I mean? And the melody's already telling us what's happening. This. I mean, to me, that sounds way more like than you know. <laughs> yeah. But they're both great. Because actually, what's on top of the bass notes is the same thing if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but that's, that's not really what I wanted to talk about in here, but and a, a little bonus round shit. Um, <laughs> okay, we're at number nine. Number nine. Was that eight? Green Dolphin Street was eight. Okay. Number nine. Number nine is? Okay, number nine. I've, I've got a problem with this one. I mean, I want it to be effective for people. I want it to be something that... That they'll play a lot. And usually, and I put on this, list, Ain't Misbehaving," which is an old Fats Waller tune. Okay. Another Fats Waller tune. He wrote Donnie's Uncle Rose as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, I often put It Could Happen to You in Its Place, which is more of a jam session, jazz musician kind of tune. They both have the same thing in them that I want to teach to people
0: right so you're conflicted about these
1: both i'm conflicted these- so i'm just mentioning i'm going to use ain't misbehaving right now right but I, I i wrote even on here it says uh check out it could happen to you
0: but so they both
1: they have the same thing to teach right. you basically okay. um and ain't misbehaving like is uh in this in the key Right? That, that motion. Which obviously sounds like... I ain't misbehaving. And if anybody can't hear what I'm doing, what I'm doing is I'm ascending chromatically in the bass. Mm-hmm. E flat to E diminished to F minor to F sharp diminished to either G minor or just E flat with a G in the bass. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what's happening there. Now... Um, that happens in a lot of songs. It happens in Slowboat to China. There's numerous songs that happen. It happens in The Bridge to Soft in the Morning Sunrise. There's lots of songs that happens in. It's a thing your ear needs to learn to hear. But what's happening, and why I like It Could Happen to You, is a lot of times people think of it as two fives and not the diminished chord. Mm-hmm. So instead of going E-flat to E-diminished, they'll go E-flat to G-minor, 7-flat-5, C-7, oh, instead okay. of the diminished chord. Right. And then when they get to the F-minor, of course, instead of F-sharp diminished, it's A-minor, 7-flat-5. And they're both great. They're interchangeable. It's just, do you want the sound of hip, of like a leapfrog kind of vibe? Boom, beep, boom, boom, beep, boom, boom. Or do you want to boom, Basically what you play over the top of it should be the same. Right. Unfortunately with the guitar players, it's not. <laughs> and therefore that's why I think it's important that I bring this information to them because I'm dealing with guitar players who have specific set of great skill knowledge. Because we are often treated as second class citizens. Mm-hmm. I'll just go there. I could use a lot of worse words. But <laughs> second class <laughs> citizens. Because we don't kind of get the whole harmony written music thing, right? As opposed to a piano player. As a piano player or a horn player right. who's grown up playing concert band or in jazz, you know, symphonic music, whatever, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: So everybody looks down their nose at guitars. The fact is, is, I've been in music school and I see what comes in. And yeah, skill-wise, piano players on the reading on the harmony theory level and the horn players, especially the good ones, you know, who've been in great jazz bands, definitely way beyond. But the guitar players are coming out of great blues bands and garage bands and rock bands and fucking metal bands. Those guys play. These guys can get on the bandstand and bring musical skills to the bandstand, can make shit happen, can get a sound, can, like execute in time, make it feel good, create energy. All those things that we do right. as guitar players that we bring to the table at a basic level that most people don't have. Yeah. So why I'm pointing this out is like that in, inside that there are some skills we have that can help us when we're learning this stuff if yeah. we have the right mindset. Right, And that's really like, even though I could easily just be a teacher of Jazz people who have a lot of theory knowledge. I just really, in my mind, you know, back to the Josh Smith thing, I really have a. I really understand us. And I really want to open that door for everybody. Yeah. So that they can, like, walk in. And then, of course, nothing's going to make them any different than any horn player or any piano player or me. They're going to have to listen to the music and figure it out themselves. I mean, but this will. This will make a huge difference in the fact of you belonging to the community, you being able to function and take what you know and make it work so that you can s- begin that process, which right. is really the fun part, the yep. journey. Yeah. And then the ninth, so that's kind of what, what I wanted you to learn with those two tunes. The last tune I put is a song called Stella by Starlight. And I just wrote, everybody plays it, you need experience. I'm not going to even go into it. Right, a lot of that song is, is a mystery a lot of that song is beautiful I mean it's just great I figure after showing you all nine I'm going to tell you to learn Stella because probably there's not a problem with you playing Stella with anybody in the world mm-hmm. everybody wants to play Stella right. kicks your ass yeah. it's, it, in many ways it doesn't make sense and in many ways hidden underneath it it does but you can figure if you do this work for the nine Stella even will not be a mystery to you
0: okay so these 10 tunes you get this shit under your belt this is really good yeah I, good mean, foundation I mean it's not like it's, anyway. not like it's not
1: like it's like if you don't do all 10 of them or if you don't do this you won't be okay I mean yeah I'm just saying do as much of this as you feel like you can Pretty much, it'll take care of itself. If you don't dig it, you're just going to move on to something else. And if you do, it's going to give you a real good basis point from going to the next level. Right. Yes, I would highly suggest anybody who's serious about going around sitting in places and learning to play jazz, you know, and even if you're like a guy, you know, like Scott, as brilliant as he is. I think he'd be better off knowing these tunes than not. Right. I don't know that he does or he doesn't. I mean, I've, I've seen to remember that when when I would lay these tunes out, there were a couple he didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just saying, I'm thinking like, if he laid ten tunes on me that I had to know, he yeah. wouldn't have to call me next week. Right. I'd know yeah. him. Right. I mean, because what, what's there to learn? Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. And it, especially if he like pointed me in the direction, this is why you should learn this tune. Yeah. That's like, God, thank you, Scott. This is,
0: this is huge. Um, you to, know, so
1: it's like, I'm not saying this is going to get you anywhere other than just further down the road. And yeah. I think even the guys who are like really great players who are listening to us, I, I'd be interested to hear what they say. Yeah. Uh, you know, just if you, comments on this like this was a bunch of like this is the biggest waste of time. Great, or it, is it a cure for insomnia? Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wanted to piss off my old lady, so I put it on. I mean, tell me why it was so lame. I want to know from, from from like guys who are already somewhat well accustomed and maybe beyond this.
0: Well, for me, listening to and uh, you know, I grew up with studying some jazz with my great teacher, Tony Labro, but of course, a lot of these tunes went in one ear and out the other. Yeah, I should learn this, but oh, fuck, it's just not happening with me. But hearing it in this context, it makes it... <laughs> Rob, by slowly getting through your bottle. Mate. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Do
1: you remember the address? Send another... <laughs>
0: It's really good. It makes it hard when it's just like, oh, this shit is really good. But, Bruce, as a... I mean, I don't play jazz for a living. I, I can't. Nobody does. No. no I'm okay. Joking. Okay. Yeah, okay. You do. Okay. And I don't even want to attempt fucking jazzes in a in a professional sense. But I want to I want to learn this shit because I want to get better and I want to learn my guitar better and blah 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 blah. So, what I take from what you're saying, I get excited about it because. Alright, Bruce just told me, if I learn all these tunes, there's a reason, and he gave me all the reasons, I should know this, and I'm going to be so much better for it. So, I'm going to, I want to do it. Okay. I I want to do this. Well,
1: that's good. Okay,
0: but, what, do I put, do I get these 10 songs, like, choose a Sinatra doing all these songs, or whoever doing all these songs, put them on a playlist, Get up every morning and run this ten-song set. Is that Why, the way to do it?
1: That's a great way to do it. That's yes. a good way to do it. Yes, well, I would say just in general, learning the songs, yeah, learning the words too. Yeah. You know, have like a great Sinatra, Ella, Louis Armstrong version. Louis Armstrong, you are not going to get a great melody out of his singing, but uh, or Chet Baker, yeah, you know, people like that who kind of yeah, I would say that's the best thing before you even try to play them. Right. Just put on a playlist and like every day listen to them once or twice. And try
0: and jump in there with... Now, if you along. feel like it.
1: Whenever yeah. you feel ready to do it. Okay. Get the chart out. It's okay to get the chart out. I have yep. no problem with reading the music. You know. I mean, it's just a start. You know, one chart's going to give you something, another chart's going to give you another thing. I mean, then you'll realize, well, there's two ways to do this. Right. And then one's not wrong and one's not right. You know, There's two ways to do it. Um, yes, that's what I... I mean, and again... You're you're exactly looking at it the way I want you to look at it, which is like, hey, knowing this stuff is going to help me, whatever I decide to do. But what was the real, I mean, now it's a test for you. What was the real main point? There was something in here to me, I think, that was the most important thing to understand. What was it?
0: (laughs) I always fail (laughs) it. Oh, really?
1: It had to do with the closet. (laughs)
0: what was the real thing
1: the, the the real the real important message was the closet well,
0: to me the real the inco- hanger the, the real the hanger for me was
1: the melody yeah understanding. The ha- let the melody teach you how to hear harmony yeah as soon as you do that everything becomes beautiful and then of course there will be times where you'll be writing where, you, you know, guitar players, we're famous for this. You put your hand down on the guitar and you come up with some like really cool chord progression, right? By accident, right? You're just so fucking tired. You weren't yeah. paying attention. Something <laughs> fell out. Actually, I think you knew better. I mean, your brain was like asking for it and you found it. But whatever, divine intervention. And then you write a melody for it. That's a beautiful way to write too. Yeah. But it's not complete till you write the melody for it. You don't really hear it till that happens. So, like that to me is the big key to all this: It's learning to hear music from the melody down.
0: So, in a sense, you're kind of telling us to be thinking of more like a like a horn or a sax player would.
1: I mean, you know, just well, no, uh, no, not necessarily, because we're still hearing harmony, because that's our job. I know, but, but hearing how it relates to the important part. Yeah, let's face it. You know, we could sit around playing the changes to "Satin Doll" or to "Stairway to Heaven" or to uh, uh, "Little Wing." Little Wing, anything, and it's not "Little Wing" till we play the melody. Yeah, that's the song. Right, that's what it is. And until our culture changes, like in Africa, where if they're playing a six-eight groove, that's the song. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are rhythmic culture there. I mean, and and that's why the music that has that is, is come from them is so powerful in America. Yeah. Because it didn't have that element, that spice, mm. that importance yeah. until yeah. that happened. And we all agree that feeling good and being in time is way more important than anything. Yeah. But once that, that has to be a stipulation, then it's the melody. Yeah. It's the way we learn to hear. I could I have played dances Where the band was fucking up. They didn't know what the fuck. I mean, they were drunk or they were off or they were just completely, or you couldn't hear them. And I could sit and play the melody of a song, right? Strongly. Mm -hmm. And I watched hundreds of people dance. (laughs) Chords were wrong. The time was all over the place. You couldn't even hear where it fucking was. That's why I had to like nail it down like I was a riveter. And as long as I was playing that melody... Hundreds of people are dancing. They're hearing the time through the melody. melody. That's a big part of our culture. Don't forget that.
0: Well, is it? Is and I'm
1: not saying that that's we have to, you know, what we can't break beyond it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we need to master un, the understanding of that so that we can break
0: beyond right. it. Is it what's the study with Happy Birthday to me? Like you can sing the. The melody happy birthday to me but you can also sing it monotone and anyone will know that it's happy birthday to me because well yeah, because melody. because
1: well yeah if you sing we yeah, have that, that therein lies kind of a weird thing that certain melodies you can get away with not the pitch the pitch being changed yeah. and people still can relate to it in general that's dangerous i mean Louis armstrong did it right i mean i don't know if you know the song stardust yeah, <laughs> I mean that that song is like one of the world's greatest ever songs, in my opinion. Yep, and um, and it's not easy to sing because it's you know but I mean I can't sing it so it's like I'm not going to insult our <laughs> listeners, but you know that's like try and sing that you know right you know. You know, it's like some hard shit to sing, right? A lot of singers have done it amazingly. Pops sang it, Louis Armstrong. And it was like, sometimes I wonder why I spend this only night dreaming of a song. The melody haunts my reverie. And yet we hear Stardust in there. Yeah, yeah. But we had to know that in order to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already knew it. And then the words and this man who's like beyond a God. Yeah took it there yeah i couldn't yeah i would sound like a guy faking it
2: you know yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. man it's i gotta tell you it is so awesome. how long
1: is this this has been really long
0: no it's and our f- listeners we'll just call it an extra or whatever no 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 no, no. like this is you you have to understand that from a guy that and i'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably in the same boat as me, we don't play jazz on a regular basis, but we want to embellish our playing and just be better all round and just to hear someone with your background and your experience to break these songs down and and put it in perspectives, like, motherfucker, you need to know this tune because that is huge. And sometimes we need a kick in the ass to go... You need to know this fucking tune because
1: (laughs) Right. Well you know,
0: that's huge. Well, you know,
1: and I mean I hope what people are feeling is most of all my love for this stuff. And that I want I want everybody to just make the most of it, bring themselves to it. But I was at my recitals today and I just pulled this out of my pocket and one of my students, a great student who He's really going on to great things. And his recital, he was my student, he's been my student for two years, and yet his recital was mostly what you would call a Mike Landau, Robin Ford, Schofield type concert. So, I mean, obviously not things that you'd think of me. (laughs) And he really, he hit it out of the park. But all he just said in his acknowledgments, which was just so sweet, you know, I'm reading from the program of his recital. It says, a huge thank you to Bruce Foreman for pushing me every day and helping me realize my own creativity and sound. The recital would not have been what it is without his words of wisdom and encouragement. That's all I want to give to the world. Man, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's so all, badass. I mean, really, you know, if take it. If, if it works, great. If it doesn't, reject it. You know, yeah. I mean, take it in the spirit I'm giving it. Everybody's got a song to sing. please sing it proudly and loudly and make the world better for it
0: yeah that's awesome man that's awesome. i i i can't think of a better way to end the show
1: good night irene <laughs> <laughs>
0: i tell you what rob this bloody booze is going down weird <laughs> really well. it's a little too good rob oh man you went too good on this <sighs> one <laughs> Big thanks, Bruce. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, you know, it's worth what to you me, paid for it. Dude, this is... To me, this is a golden nugget moment with Guitar Wink. Uh, these are the moments it's like, wow. It's just... It's huge. It massively inspired. I am. I want to go through all these tunes now. I want to I want to do that. That's like what I want to do. So, if you're listening and you do the same thing, let us know how you go with these tunes and... Um, you might have questions enter, enter
1: the Guitar Wing game show
0: yeah a Guitar Wing game show and uh, yeah until uh, next episode be safe community 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 that's what we preach thank you Mr. Bruce Foreman thank you this is uh, this is out up your bum